Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys Podcast and I'm joined by DJ Impact and today we have one of my favorite tag teams in the wrestling world uh, ever <laughs> ever right um the most relatable tag team to those of us who grew up in the Midwest and know what it's like to pound some beers and have some good food. The bouncers, Beer City Bruiser, Brian Bolanos. Um, guys, thank you guys so much for doing this, especially with the pay-per-view, the best in the world pay-per-view coming right up here on Sunday Finally, fans are back in the building. How are you guys anticipating this energy that you guys are going to experience on Sunday? Oh, man, it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, 18 months with no Ring of Honor fans working the uh, empty arena TV tapings. And now we get to uh, we get to have fans. And we found out, too, we're on the first hour. So, yep, Brian and I are, are excited. We, we, might, yep. we might not see eye to eye to the fans right now, but we're still excited to hear them come and boo us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny. I think I think normally you think of pro wrestling. It's like uh, you know you want to close the show, you know, because you want to be the main event. But for this one coming back, and I've been telling Bruiser uh, for for a while now that first one back, uh, I'm totally cool for the first ones out through the curtain because I think the energy is going to be wild. I think the place is going to be rocking, and mm -hmm. uh, you know I'm pretty excited for the uh, for the first time in a long time for the bouncers to really let the fans in Baltimore know what we think of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's true. In fact, um you guys are wrestling PCO and Dan House and what's really just kind of mind-boggling to me is so back in March of 2020, ROH was coming into town literally that weekend was going to be the big show um at Samstown Yep. I uh, we had PCO uh, in for uh, we were doing a live show at Boulder Station, and uh, that was on I think a Wednesday. On Thursday, I went with uh, him. I took him to the gym and we were working out. And I I start walking over to him, and he's sitting there and he's looking at his phone. Um, and he uh, I think he just got off the phone. And he looks at me and he goes, "Oh, the shit just hit the fan." <laughs> 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 oh no! Like, ah, the whole thing's been canceled. Uh, now that we're scrambling to get a flight back to Canada, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" So it was like I literally was with him, the last person I hung out with before everything shut down. It was PCO, and it was so disappointing to see that you guys weren't getting the chance to wrestle because you guys have to me one of my favorite uh not only gimmicks but the uh the entrance is just so much fun um i don't care if you're a face or a heel when you get to do stuff like walk through the audience instead of coming you know from the backstage area mm -hmm. carrying the beer keg i mean drinking beer <laughs> it's like <laughs> um so so over over the time frame that you know, you guys developed and kind of um, bonded together. I know, Bruiser, you were doing that first where you were bringing the keg with you and having a seat on the keg. And how did you guys manage to take kind of that basis and then gel it together so you guys could become a cohesive tag team? Because you guys weren't really, were, you guys weren't like, Brian, you were a little bit newer to ROH when. Mm -hmm you know you were working your way and then you guys got put together so how was that for you guys kind of forming a, a bond of friendship and um getting to know how each other worked in the ring so you could form this outstanding unit well yeah i think i mean i think it's you know well one i mean the funny thing is even before we're a tag team i think we became pretty fast friends just as i had uh, you know i'd been around for a little bit around ring of honor before we got put together and, and me and, and the bruiser just kind of had already naturally gravitated toward, towards one another. So we had a good kind of, you know, chemistry behind, behind the curtain um, already. Um, and then there was a match we had uh, up in Lowell, Massachusetts. 
um, against each other, ironically, that kind of made people open their eyes and go, hey, man, these, these guys might be a, a really good pair to, uh, you know, to put together. And I, I cut you off there, Bruiser, so I'll let you, I'll oh, let you go. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. But the thing is, everyone thinks this is a gimmick, and it's, it's really not. What you're seeing on TV is, is Brian and I just, we, we turn it up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, Brian also prefers red wine to, to beer, but he, he enjoys, <laughs> you know, a few beers after the shows and stuff. But yeah, like, like Brian said, we were hanging out before that. Cause with ring of honor, when you come in, they give you dark matches and stuff like that, just to, to test you out. And, and, and Brian had, you know, he, we had mutual friends with pants and stuff. And Brian is really good. Hey, can you watch my match? Help me out. And, you know, and, and so right away we just had that thing. And then it's like, Oh, you're a dad. I'm a dad. Oh, you like, you know, comic books and he, man, I like comic books and he, you know, and, and it just also just became this, this friendship. And then now we're on the road together and it's, uh, you know, we're both big fans of sports. He's a big, you know, football fan. I'm a football fan. Baseball is, we're just talking baseball, you know, and it's easier in the ring to have chemistry with somebody when you actually like that person. And it's to the point now, what's really good is when Brian and I got back together after I had turned and, and on table and stuff and brian was trying to figure out we got back together that first match back if you watch brian and i don't really talk to each other we're just feeling each other out in the ring and we're literally just going off each other's it, it's 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 weird because i can give him a look he can give me a look and we're on the same page and that's right. how you know we're a good tag team it's because we know what each other is thinking and what we're going to do in that ring yeah i think the other thing too is we just cut we're cut from similar cloth we had similar upbringings in the business, even though that that we were were trained obviously by different people, different parts of the country. But you know, Bruiser by Harley Race, myself by Killer Kowalski. We just have those those old school values instilled in us. And then and then um, you know, we both ate a lot of shit before before we got a, our break. Yeah. Um, so we our stories are similar in that you know we worked we worked a, a long time and, and we worked hard uh, and had and had the door shut in our face uh, a lot. Um, before we ever got the chance in Ring of Honor. So I think that that helped us bond too um, because it was like, hey, this is, you know, this is our chance. So, you know, we both know that, um, you know, that feeling of, of chasing chasing that dream for so long and then finally getting, finally getting that success and understanding and having somebody with you that understands like, hey, we got to do everything we can in our power to uh, make sure we keep the, the train rolling. And we both have the same chip on our shoulders because we both heard the same thing. Oh, you're too fat. Oh, you're, you're too this. Oh, you're too that. You guys can't do that. We've heard, we both literally mm-hmm. heard that our whole careers. We, we, you know, as we got to know each other, sharing similar stories, Hey, did this ever happen to you? Yeah, of course it happened to me. You know? <laughs> so, so like I said, we have that same chip on our shoulders. So now with ring of honor, we're both like, Hey, here's our door. We're going to kick it open and we're going to make sure people recognize us and see us. And that's what drives both of us. Uh, you know, kind of uh, speaking upon, you know, being, uh, uh, you know, looked at as um, not the physical body type as the fat guy, um, you know, how long did it take both of you guys? Now, Bruiser, you got more of a, uh, uh, you know, street fighting, a brawling type style. But Brian, you do like athletic shit that... <laughs> You know, you shouldn't be able to, you know, a normal, you know, guy, you know, my size, I, I look at myself at 390 and, you know, working out and getting back to shape and stuff. I'm finding that I'm doing stuff people 390 shouldn't be doing. You're the same thing, man. You do stuff in the ring. That's just like, wow, that was fucking phenomenal. But you also managed to tell a story, especially when you guys are a unit unit together. Mm-hmm. So how was it for you guys, Brian, were you athletic before? Did you play football? Same question to you, Bruiser. Um, you know, what was your guys' athletic background before getting into the ring for training? Yeah, I played, I played sports my whole life. I played football, baseball, basketball, uh, into high school and throughout high school. Um, and I've always had, you know, it, it's funny, like, because, I mean, I think there's some some really crazy uh, athletic uh big guys that can do flippy stuff and that's totally not me i think i think for me it's the fluidity with which i can move um and a lot of that too was also developed in wrestling school 
Um, when I think of the way, you know, my trainers trained me, I, I, I wasn't trained um, like a big guy, quote unquote. I had to do everything that everybody else did. So, um, you know, the only thing I ever got a reprieve on was back body drops. And that's because nobody was strong enough to back <laughs> <get that body laughs> <drop>. <laughs> But everything else I had to do, all the drills, all the running, all the blow up stuff, everything. I, I had to train and I learned how to, how to wrestle first. Um, and then, you know, six, eight months in, as I'm getting ready to start getting out and working shows, you know, that's when, that's when they had some bigger people come in and, and work with me, um, you know, on how to use my size in the ring. But I, I think a lot of it was just really built upon, you have to learn just like everybody else learns. So you don't, you don't get to, you don't get a free pass. You don't get to not do this or that just because of your size. And I think that along with just kind of, you know, what I was blessed and born with <laughs> on the athleticism side, you know, um, has gotten me to this point and allows me to do some of the things I'm able to do. Yeah, I, I played football. I played baseball. Um, I played college football. Um, then I w- I'm, I'm just like Brian. When I started wrestling training, you know, I was trained like everybody else. You know, uh, another reason that Brian and I got along right away, we did all the blow-up drills. We did all the moves. I did take back body drops. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we... You you know I'm classified as a brawler now because that's that's what I'm comfortable doing. But you know right. you'd be surprised you know um, and that peer style Brian and I can do that uh, high flying you know we can do that. Um, the the thing that really drew me to Brian too also and I think what drew him to me was we're the type of guys where if you tell us we can't do something. We're going to go out and do it just to prove that, Hey, we can do this. Right. And, and, you know, I actually had to learn to wrestle like a big guy after training, you know, as, as I'm so right. grinded too, because we had learned so everything right away. Now it's like, okay, you know, everything now you have to protect your size. So then right. that's how you learn that. And then, you know, Brian and I, when we broke in, you know, we were part of that group where in order to get anywhere, you had to be six, four, 200 pound, you know, rip jacked in shape. We weren't that. So we had to learn how to tell a story in the ring. We had to learn how to, you know, sell moves. We had to learn how to, to get our characters over and, and just keep our nose to the grindstone and eventually something would open up. And, and here it is, you know, we're in ring of honor and, and it's our character. It's our drive that the fans like, and, and they respect our guys, our size doing stuff. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. Brian does stuff at his size. No one's expecting to do. And it's funny because him and I will be talking, we'll be texting each other and we'll be coming up with, with double team moves. Hey man, can you do this? Yeah, I've done that. What if we did this, you know, and and then we'll do it on TV and we'll get a reaction, you know, okay, we're going to keep that. And then maybe we don't get a reaction. Okay. We're not going to keep that, but like, we're going to keep doing stuff because people don't expect that out of us, you know? So we're going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, no. And and you made a very good point, man. Um, I'll, I'll protect it. I'll protect it a little bit by not fully, you know, divulging the secrets. Um, because when I trained, I trained around the same guys, you, you know, same time you trained Bruiser. And I think Brian, you were around that same time as well. Um, I was at UPW and one of my head trainers was Samoa Joe and, um, you know, Joe being a bigger guy, um, the, his biggest thing was, was keeping us doing the calisthenics, you know, I, I don't know how many Himalayan squats I did outside the ring while everyone else is, you know, working on a, a spots <laughs> like that. But what's, what's interesting is that idea of working like a bigger person and how there's those little things and little cheats that, you know, people don't know the fans can't recognize that really takes you from here to here because you're able to present yourself in a totally different light, but you're also able still to um, protect yourself because you can wrestle. And that's what I love about what you guys do. Um, I think that no one right now, if you look at the the world of tag teams, um, I mean, there, there are some good tag teams, but I don't think anybody has that exact chemistry that you guys have because you guys know how to use the storytelling abilities that are also associated with, you know, putting together a good match. Um, When you look at what you've been able to achieve and you look at that idea where people tell you, Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. 
what has been the biggest driving factor? Is it, you know, is it trying to make a mark on the business, trying to make a name for yourselves, or is it because you love it and you just you just go out there and you have the fun that, hey, man, if we're going to do this and this is our career and we're together, we're going to have a good time. And, you know, people be damned, we're going to do what we do. We, we both, yeah. Friday night, both want people to remember us. Um, we had one of the matches that really stands out in my, my mind, and, and I don't, Brian might agree with me, might not, I don't know, but that, that kind of solidified us as, hey, these guys are, are something to contend with was when it was a six man in Philly when it was Brian, me and Silas against the young bucks and Cody. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of eyes on us because it's the bucks and Cody, but two they're, they're cardio machines and we kept up with them toe to toe. We kept up, we did stuff in that match. No one expected us to do. And the Philly fans, that's actually what turned us into the good guys. The Philly fans recognize that about us. And, And, you know, Brian and I, when we when we do our stuff, it's like, hey man, let's go out there. Let's let these people remember us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we've heard no our whole careers. We finally heard a yes. We're not going to waste that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's having that chip on your shoulder. It's that. Um, and I mean, just and also too, like not to be completely corny, but to us, this is the best job in the world, and this is all yeah. we've ever dreamed about since we were, you know, since we were little. And I and I think. Uh, I think the journeys that and not not to say people who get it quicker don't don't appreciate it, but I think just the journeys that we've been on have given us a, a really, really healthy appreciation for um, the long road and how long it took to get here. And we're going to do everything our power to make sure that uh, we're able to hold on to it as long as as long as possible. You know, not not that uh, not that we're not up to help the next generation, but um, you know, we ain't ready to move aside yet. <laughs> oh, it, it, we're all about helping the next generation, but they're gonna get their you know their asses kicked by us in the process. You know, we're gonna let them know we're we're not we're not we're not the, you know good, don't put us out to the shed yet. You know, we're yeah, we ain't old yeller, all right? Yeah, no, we're here. <laughs> yeah, you're about to uh, to recognize what <laughs> bouncers mean business. <laughs> well, and and that's that's. You know, again, that goes back to the training mentality when guys like us trained in the early 2000s. That's what it was. It's like you respect each other, but you don't, you know, you don't, you, you lay it in a little bit. You, you bring it. <laughs> and, and Lord knows, you know, I, um, it's funny you say back body drops because there was one day that uh, I was, uh, I was coming off the ropes and Joe was the one giving me the, the back body drop. And for whatever reason, I didn't fling my legs enough. I spiked myself straight on my fucking spot. <laughs> and that's and that's exactly that reaction is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you just start. But, you know, everyone was like concerned for like a uh, split second. And then everyone's just kind of laughing. And you're just going, oh, fuck. Yeah, I fucking get myself a stinger. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's that camaraderie and that's that sharedness. And I think that sometimes the kids nowadays, as they're coming up, there's so much uh, more with social media and with the obsession of, you know, uh, trying to be famous before being good. And I think <laughs> that you you have to, um, you know, you have to instill the, the teaching, but you also have to, you know, show them hey man you're not just going to be handed this you got to work at it man because that's what it is it's a job it's fun but it's a job oh this is this is the greatest job in the world brian said it we get paid to travel the world drink beer and punch people you know (laughs) and and not only that but i can do it with my best friend you know like yeah uh, all the all the so I can tell you how many long weekends or long weeks Brian and I have had. And, it, you know, we spent more time with each other before the pandemic than our own families. And yeah. it, we were both having a blast, you know, ever since we were little kids is what we've been thinking of, you know. And, and today's generation, I think you said it right. They want to be famous before they learn, you know. And, and again, not to say that it's our journey is what, you know, put that chip on our shoulder but like it kind of you can tell our generation from a different generation you know um yeah. brian and i've said that before we sat in a locker room like okay you can tell the guys that we broke in with compared <laughs> to these younger guys not anything against the younger guys but these younger yeah. guys the way they act you know and it's 
it's like, okay, guys, you know, you'll get it. Slow down, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think I see. I see it. You know, the thing I see with this new generation is they they do they work they work incredibly hard. Um, yeah. You know, when I get out there and, and see stuff and the stuff I see on the internet is, is these these guys are working. They're working hard, but I don't I don't know how many of them are going to be around. 15 years from now, like we are, you know, because I, I, some of the, some of the abuse, I mean, I think the, the whole beautiful thing about, of supposed to be about wrestling is it's the, you know, the old school mentality of uh, making your next shot, making sure you're available. You know, you're uh, what, what's the old saying in football, you know, that your best ability is available, <laughs> availability. Sure. Um, and, and some of the stuff I see definitely scares me. And it's, it's stuff that I don't know if I would, I would be doing unless I was getting a pretty healthy, uh, um, you know, checking the mail yeah. <laughs> for it, and I, I think this. I think this. Just, I think they work so incredibly hard and, and take a lot of of risk. And and I guess it's up to each individual to determine uh, what the value of that of that risk is. But for me, uh, you know, I've always worked hard, and I always felt like I've always given uh, the money's my you know the fans their money's worth. And mm-hmm. uh, but also, I, I I've always had a very long career in mind. You know, I've been doing this coming up in November. It'll be 20 years. Um, and and I, I haven't put a end date on when, I, when I'm when i going to be done because <laughs> I'll do this for as long as I'm physically capable because at some point in my life, I'm going to be physically incapable of doing this. And I don't want to look back at that point in life and go, man, I wish I would have stuck around for, uh, you know, another, another year or two. I, I love this and I, I've done it now for uh, half my life. And uh, I can't imagine you know, not doing it. So, you know, and, and we all face father time at some point, but man, I just, you know, I think for that, for, if I could give one piece of advice to that younger generation, just take care of your bodies, you know, yeah. just take care of your body. So you so you have that, you know, career longevity because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great business. <laughs> and that, that's the other good thing about tagging with a guy like Brian, you know, is that, you know, when we're beat up, we know we're both beat up, but we, we push each other, motivate each other, but we do it in, in a safe way because we want that same mindset, you know, like, we're not done yet. You know, let's, we got to make this next shot. Hey, can you make this next shot? Yeah. Tonight, can we do this? Cause my, you know, this hurts. Yeah. I got you, you know, cause it, like you said, you got to make that next shot, you know, and, and yeah. the younger generation, they're all about the, uh, what are the, the gifts and the memes and all that. It's like, guys, that's great. But you know, what are you going to do 10 years from now? You know, Brian and I will still be around. We might be you know, limping around and stuff, but <laughs> we'll be around. <laughs> uh, DJ, um, I've, I've kind of uh, hogged the, uh, the time here. <laughs> Go ahead. Throw in, throw in a little something, brother. No, it's all good. Look, I, when I heard you guys uh, resigned back in February, I was excited. Um, ROH, I'm just curious, just how, much do you just enjoy just working for this company? Because I can tell you as a fan, I enjoy watching this company. We do a wrestling talk show every week. The the, the One of the main shows I'm ready to talk about is Ring of Honor. How everything, during this whole pandemic, I feel you guys, like Ring of Honor did it correctly. Just everything from how the the ring and building was set up from using the videos on all three sides to just how exciting, with which, of course, Rick Abani and Caprice has always been. I mean, you almost don't need an audience. They are the audience, <laughs> you know, <laughs> over there, uh, you know. And, and I mean, the two matches are always, like, just great. You you can follow the storyline. It's not like if, even if you, if, you, if you miss something, you're able to, to still get caught up. Everything is like Ring of Honor just right on point. How do you guys just enjoy just working with this, this organization uh, that you resigned with back in February. Yeah, they done, they, they've done right by us the entire time. You know, it's, it's funny, um, you know, talked about, you know, you're at the uh, gym with PCL and mm-hmm. I was at the, uh, I was at the airport gate um, 30 minutes away from boarding uh, to head to Vegas oh. last, uh, last March. Oh. Oh. And, um, but they looked out for us right from that point And they, and they still to do to, um, to this day, this will be the first, um, taping we have without all the all the protocols mm-hmm. and um you know I, I think you know they've they've really looked out for us they've really taken care of us yeah. everybody's gotten paid yeah. uh, everybody's gotten taken care of nobody's yeah. lost their job which is not the case with right. every wrestling organization out there absolutely um 
you know, so I, I think um, you couldn't well, ask for, for more. You couldn't ask for a better company to work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have cared about and prioritized us from uh, from day one of this yep. uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm grateful because they looked out for us. They looked out for our families. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, even though we weren't running shows, none of us none of us lost a dime. And that's yeah. that, that says something, man. It it today's day and age where companies are – are just about the bottom line. It's yep. all about the bottom line for a lot of companies. Ring of Honor made sure we were taken care of and our families were taken care of and that everybody got paid. And that, yeah. Again, that says, that says so much about um, the values of, of the company, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the company behind it too, you know, yeah. Ring of Honor and, and Sinclair. I think it just says a lot about both companies and, um, you know, their values. Yeah. And they, they re-signed us during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Brian and I, our right. contracts are coming up, you know, and, and never at once were we worried you know, like what's going on. Cause they, like Brian said, they took care of us. They, they, they would do weekly check-ins on us for mental health. They would do, um, we did these town halls um, where they, they just check on everybody on the roster. They'd have everybody on the roster check in and, and, you know, um, and then the, I, I think we're the only wrestling company that didn't have a COVID outbreak because of our protocols. Mm-hmm. And I know talking to, to, I gotta give them props, Ian uh, King, um, he's a guy who kind of set everything up. He, he's, he's a guy who he doesn't get enough credit for running the bubble, um, making sure we're all tested, making sure there's no, you know, positive outbreaks, making our schedule so that it's following protocol. Mm-hmm. And he, he just, he killed it during the pandemic, you know, and, and he's, he, it's funny because Brian and I would always make fun of him in the last day of the bubble. Cause it looks like he's lived three lifetimes because he's been dealing with all this stuff. <laughs> but without a guy like that, we couldn't do what we love, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and then doing the new style of tapings and stuff is great because there's no spoilers out there. So, so you fans, yes, uh, you get to see some and it's the first time watching it, right? you know, it, it took a while to get used to because as wrestlers, we're used to that um, immediate reaction. Yeah, right. So now it's okay. We film this, but we have to wait three weeks to see it. And then once it comes out, now we have to read it online to see how people react. And that took a while for us to get used to. But it was great because the fans fell in love with Ring of Honor again. You know, the reset was one of the best things I think that could happen. Oh yeah. And and you asked if we love working for the company, man. This is this is one of the best companies to work for. It it they didn't have to take care of us, and they did. And and mm-hmm. they didn't have to do. You know, they allowed us when when everything got shut down. Um, and Brian and I came up with the idea for Happy Hour. They let us run with it. That was they they let us have the creative control of that. That's how we could stay in front of the fans. Right. Yeah. Okay, we couldn't wrestle, but we can still be a bunch of assholes on on Zoom with fans, and you know. <laughs> yeah. And that was, <laughs> you know, that that goes to Brian. Brian came up with that idea. We pitched it. They loved it, and it and it helped keep us relevant. You know, and then now TV's back, and and it's we're still going strong and. That's why July 11th, you know, the pay-per-view is going to be so awesome with those fans there because we've all worked hard as a company to get to this point. And, and it's going to be a good payoff when when we walk out on that stage yeah. and streamers come in and the booing and the yelling <laughs> and the cheering. And it's just going to be it's going to be great. Can't wait to yell at you, putzes. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone that's out there in the in the Baltimore area, I'm so jealous. You have got. I, I, I was looking at tickets today because I, I was like, let me just see what's there. You know, maybe I can make a way. I can fly out there and then fly right back. You know, <laughs> you know? And uh, and you don't have a lot of seats available. But if you're out there in the Baltimore, there they go get. Please watch this show. It's going to be. When I'm looking at the card. It is stacked. It yeah. is stacked. I mean, yep. and, and for the fact that you all are starting it off with PCO and Dan Housen, that alone is going to get pay-per-view buys up. I can guarantee that is going to happen just because of what you guys are going to put uh, into this match. I also know that the winner of this match um, get to break into the top five ranking of Tag teams, and let's talk about it, guys. Let's go ahead and talk about it. You guys. So you, mean, you mean when the bouncers win, right. you're going to finally be ranked. Right. Because we should have been ranked this whole time. Right. But yep. they keep not leaving us in the conversation. Yeah. Eli, I just yelled at Ian and Caprice because they don't mention us on commentary when we're the guys that are working hard for all this. True. And, and, you mm-hmm. know? So, I agree. so when we beat these two putzes, yes. we become in the, the top five. And right. then we'll go through all that and win the titles. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, here, now here's where you're going to hear that chip, this chip come, come through on our shoulders because, okay. uh, you know, we're tired of being overlooked. Yep. We're tired of being passed by. Yep. We're tired of feeding off of scraps. Yep. We're tired of being pushed to the back burner. We're tired of being the good soldiers that just do what you're told mm-hmm. and, and don't ever really get ahead. We're just tired of it. I mean, you look at the fact that you think of OGK, who hadn't teamed in Ring of Honor in five years, and Mike Bennett walks back through the door, and right. he teams with uh, Taven. I thought these guys were my buddies, but we learned the hard way that they're, that they're not. They're, they're two of the uh, most selfish pricks on the face of the planet. Right. And, yep. um, you know, they want, you know, Mike Bennett walks back in the company. They decide they want a team, and the company puts them as the number one contenders, and they hadn't even had a tag match yet. Right. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, uh, this is where the chip comes into play now. We get a, we're out to prove a lot. That's what the new attitude about the, you know, with the bouncers is all about. That's what, uh, you know, bringing in Ken Dixon with us. And, um, you know, I mean, Ken Dixon is more of, uh, I'll say he's more Bruiser's friend than than my friend. (laughs) The the man, the man's, the man's, you know, what tougher than a two dollar steak, right? I mean, he's he's like minded. He's like as this. dumb as one too. He, he right. has the same chip on his shoulder that we have. Yeah. He's just younger than us. And I saw the opportunity to take this young kid who has a chip on the shoulder, put him with us. Just makes us look better, right? You know, uh, they announced us. With- makes us look makes us look better looking too, Bruce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now now we're with uh, PCO and Danhausen. With okay, good. Yeah, you got you know. PCO who's got all these followers because he's insane and Dan Housen paints his face and speaks in tongues and everybody loves him so like again they want to put the bounces with this team to make this team look relevant well we're not going to make them look right we're going to beat them up we're going to win and we're going to move into the tag team rankings right and then with Ken Dixon we're going to move into the six-man thing and we're going to go after STP and we're going to win those two (laughs) right so, Brian, now you understand why Bruiser had to just take that bottle and just put it to Taven's head. I mean, at the first, it was it was kind of hard to see, but now you get it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, it was just, you know, here's these guys. I've known I've known Taven and Bennett for, I mean, really the majority of my career, especially Bennett. Right. Uh, I've known him, you know, for 18 years now. Uh, and here I thought that, um, you know, these guys are my friends, look out for my best interests. And right. really, they were just selfish. They were just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it took me a minute to, to you know, see what Bruiser was talking about. But yeah. then, you know, when I see the actions, when I see myself being used as a pawn in their sick game, yep. um, you know, maybe, you know, may, hey, you know, I, I ain't a fan of Vincent, but maybe he ain't so crazy with some of the stuff he's saying <laughs> right. about these guys. It's, you know what I mean? Like, and true. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand. These guys have been there this entire time. Did they ever reach out to me? Did they ever try to try to get me into Ring of Honor? Did they ever try to get me an opportunity? No, they right. didn't. Of course not. They, they didn't do that. I, you know, I, I I got my foot in the door, and then when I got there, uh, you know, the Bruiser is, is the one who, who helped me get this far. So yeah, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do I see what his point was now? Yeah, and I'm sorry that I didn't see it sooner. Yeah, uh, but sometimes you know you get clouded and you romanticize. Uh, friendships that sure. that really aren't there, you know. And, and let me ask you guys this now: now that Brian mm-hmm. is on the same page as me, yeah, and, and he's you know, friends are friends, but money is money, and money pays bills. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And now that we're on the same page, honestly, who can stop us when we don't care about <laughs> anybody else but each other? Before it was all about having fun, fun drinking yep. beers, mm-hmm. making sure we're having a good time, and getting overlooked. Like Brian said, we're always the good soldiers. When right. when there was there was like we we always go back to this time when we did trivia with Ring of Honor. It was a tag team trivia. We weren't even supposed to be in on it. An hour before they go live, someone doesn't show up. They call us. Mm-hmm. We're there to do it. Mm-hmm. We're the good soldiers. But yet, right. when it comes to these rankings, have we been ranked? Right. You know. And like <laughs> I said, now that Brian's on the same page with me, now that Ken Dixon's crazy ass is with us, mm-hmm. who can stop us? Who? I agree. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Go ahead, DJ. No, ahead. I was about to just say. I mean, and just putting PCO and 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 Dan Housen together, which they have no chemistry as long as you guys have been together. It's just, you know, yes, it's exciting because, like you say, you 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 got one that's that's kind of on the on the crazy tip, and the other one who does paint his face. But that's not what was going to get the three count here. It's going to be what that team that 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 connection that you guys have had for a long time. That's going to do that. And that's why I'm pulling for you guys and know that you're going to pull this off to win uh, this match to kick off the show. Absolutely. Look, you got one, you got one, you got one guy, Dan Housen. He panders to celebrities. He's pandering to The Rock and to Conan O'Brien. And he's right. on Renee Paquette's podcast. He's pandering to all these people. Right. And then, you know, come Sunday night, I think, 
I think the goal is, Bruiser, right? We're going to beat PCO so bad, he's going to think he's Jean-Pierre Lafitte again. You know I mean? <laughs> That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And, and, and you mentioned Dan. So Dan Housen's talking about all these celebrities, you know, as well. Everyone forgets. I was on the Chris Jericho podcast before it was cool. I was on the Chris Jericho <laughs> cruise before it was cool. I was rubbing elbows with celebrities too, but you know what? I don't have to paint my face and pander to people to get people to like me. That's right. You know, Brian likes me. Ken likes me. My cold beer likes me. That's it. Even my own wife doesn't like me. My own wife, my own wife and my daughter boo Brian and I because they always think, well, you're not going to win. And they know the winner gets the most money. Well, I'm done with that. Right. I like the change in attitude. I'm, I'm just, I'm with it. I'm telling you, I'm with it. Even if you weren't, we don't. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. You can tell us you don't like the attitude. We'd be like, okay, cool. Because when we get off this call, it doesn't matter. We're still going to kick the crap out of PCO and Dan Housen. I, I get it. I see that coming. Matt Michaels. I, I just, uh, you know, in thinking of uh, possible down the line meetings, um, you guys in a six man with uh, Shane Taylor and his group uh, could be one of the greatest yeah. six feuds <laughs> in the history of wrestling. I mean, Shane Taylor and, and Moses, especially like those two, like yeah. run their damn mouth. Yeah, uh, you know, Shane, Shane, Shane is a badass. All right. Ooh. Let's not, let's not mince words. Let's not be, let, you know, let, I'm not taking anything away from Shane. Shane Taylor has clawed and fought his way for everything he's ever gotten, earned everything he's ever got. But uh, one thing that gets Shane, uh, by is that people get intimidated by him because they know how tough he is. They know how hard he hits, but we don't get intimidated, man. Like we don't shake in our boots mm. because every time, you know, when you, if you're Shane Taylor, you know, you think you're big and bad and tough, which he is, but around the corner lurking is somebody who's bigger, badder and tougher. And, and that's the bouncers, man. I, and if, I, you, if you go back and ring about a history, I wrestled Shane Taylor twice. I've won once. He's won once. I've gone toe to toe with that man numerous times brian and i have wrestled sos as a tag team numerous times we're not scared of a fight and 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 again like like brian said no disrespect to shane he's he's he is the baddest on the planet he is bad he hits hard but you know what we hit hard too and we don't mind waking up the next day feeling a little sore with a black eye because when you drink that cold beer and you hold up that six-man title, everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know what? Speaking of um, things that kind of came out of ROH during the whole pandemic, one of the most interesting concepts, and I think one of the most uh, favorited concepts um, that DJ likes is the pure championship yep. uh, style. Um, do, do, every, do either of you guys ever potentially think that hey you know what guys we'd like to you know take a take a look at maybe wrestling in a peer match or two Here, here's what i have to say about the the peer concept so i, I love that ring of honor did that because it's it's specific to ring of honor and it's right. great the foundation however are pompous pricks because they easy, tell that the only easy. they tell the only style of wrestling is pure wrestling. You shouldn't be punching. You shouldn't be cheating. You shouldn't be doing this. You know what? Brian and I were trained by two of the greatest wrestlers on this planet: Harley Race and Killer Kowalski. How how do people not think that we can't wrestle? I mean, you can go back and watch Harley Ric Flair, Starcade '83. That was a wrestling match. You know what I mean? We just choose the violent side of wrestling because it's it's what we like to do. We like to hurt people. And, and it, it offends me whenever I hear Jonathan Gresham or Rhett Titus or Tracy talking about, you can't, you know, you had to resort to punching. Well, of course I did because I wanted to win. <laughs> but it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that Brian here, you know, at 400 pounds, if he puts a body scissors on you, you're going to tap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is this, is um, those guys better hope that the bouncers don't get that itch because if we decide to scratch it, there's going to be a whole lot of people in that pure (laughs) division that are going to be real disappointed when all of of a sudden, uh, you know, the rankings one and two are the Beer City Bruiser and Brian Malonis. (laughs) Well, you know, it would just be fabulous to see you guys just collect the tag titles, the six-man titles, 
the pure champion. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the TV title while you're. Well, we don't set, we don't set limits on ourselves. We don't set yeah. caps on ourselves. I mean, Bruiser said it. We're here to make a name for ourselves. You know, at the end of the day, it's uh, you think of all the history in Ring of Honor. You think about the legacies in, in Ring of Honor, and we just want to etch our name right there with everybody else. And um, you know, I, I think it's a situation too where. Um, people, you know, might look at like classifications of this guy's on this level, this guy's on this level. But I can tell you right now, um, without doubt, me and the Beer City Bruiser believe we are two of the best professional wrestlers on the planet. We believe we are one of the best tag teams on the planet. And we dare any, you know, any man, any faction, any team, anybody try to stop us, try to prove us wrong. And the other thing I want to bring up to the peer, peer wrestling was great because during the pandemic, it brought all the eyes back to, to Ring of Honor. It brought a lot of new eyes to help with the reset. Ken Dixon, who recently just joined us, was trained at the ROH Dojo by Jonathan Gresham, who, if I do believe, is the current peer champion, correct? That is correct. So if there was any questions of us in the peer, we could ask him, hey, man, what did you see during training? What are Gresham's weaknesses? What are what are you know, uh, Joe Keys or, or, or Dante or, you know, Ken's got the inside scoop. You know, Brian and I just brush up a little bit. And like Brian said, any faction, any tag team, any six man, anywhere in the world, but, we but, don't care where it is. But Grisham is 10 and 0 and has taken down some of the best, man. I don't know if I, I, I know what y'all are saying, but I don't know if I can ride with y'all on this one, man. He's, he's a tough Great, one. Chris. Has Gresham ever faced a 300-plus pounder? A he has it. He, plus pounder? he has it. He has it. Who, who by the way, can wrestle. We yeah. have that ability. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. And, and, and like I said, we're not against we'll, – we'll wrestle him. We don't, we don't get intimidated. Brian said it. We're not – we don't get intimidated. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Shane Taylor. He has an edge on everybody because he's intimidating. Jonathan Gresham, you're right. 10 and 0. That's an intimidating number. That's very intimidating. Yeah. But I want you to look at me over 300 pounds. I want you to look at Brian over 400 pounds. Now, look at us together. That's pretty intimidating, isn't it? And now we have a chip on our shoulder. Now we're pissed off. Yeah. We're drunk and pissed off. <laughs> That's intimidating. Yeah. Because I'll tell you yeah. what. Gresham be 10 and 0 in a peer division, but Brian and I were 24 and 0 whenever it comes to a case of beer. <laughs> hey, look, we keep saying it, but there's, there's only been two people who ever intimidated me in this world. One was my father, the other was Walter Killer Kowalski. Neither one of them are here anymore. So, you know, uh, there ain't nobody game. left to intimidate. <laughs> there ain't nobody left to intimidate me. I'm, I can't be intimidated. It only <laughs> takes three seconds to make sure Gresham's 10 and 1. Right. Um, let me ask you, you know, you, you just brought up uh, Killer's name and uh, obviously Bruiser, you trained with uh, Harley. Uh, do you guys each have uh, a standout story that sticks in your mind about each of those guys? <laughs> we, we both have many, many stories, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, trying I to find what our family friendly, but I, I, yeah, I got a few. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th I think one, and I'll, I'll go with the feel good one because I bet Bruiser has a real funny one. So I'll go feel good, <laughs> Bruiser. You go funny. But I think about um, so there was a, a crazy trip up to up to Canada. Um, it was myself and uh, Ivar, the Viking Raiders, and we were in charge of getting of getting Kowalski. Uh, his wife up to this show that we were all on. Walter obviously making an appearance, and um, you know me and me and um, you know I'm gonna call him handsome because it's you know I actually call him handsome because he was handsome Johnny for the longest time. But um, so you know we were wrestling teaming, and we get up there, and there's a it's actually the first time I ever met PCO, and he remembered it when I brought this up to him. But long story short, the kid who ran the show all of a sudden the cash box um, got lost. And there were a lot of uh, our students oh. up there who were trying to make sure that, you know, because all we all we cared about was making sure uh, Walter got paid. Um, right. And the only thing Walter cared about was making sure all of us got paid. And he made sure each and every one of us got paid on the way back. He wouldn't even let, um, you know, me and uh, me and Hanson uh, pay for our food on the way back. He insisted upon wow. paying for our paying for our food so that's just i mean there's there's tons of stories like that about walter but that just to me shows the um the level of character um yeah. that that walter had and um you know i you know he's somebody who had just a just an enormous influence uh, on me really grateful for the amount of time but uh, people think of all the crazy stories of walter there's all the uh 
you know, obviously the Yukon Eric story and, and just, okay. you know, he's this maniacal madman, but uh, in reality, he's one of the, he's one of the, you know, smartest, uh, most kind uh, people I've ever met in the pro wrestling industry. And, um, you know, so just to give you a, a glimpse of, you know, a different side of old uh, Killer Kowalski, who is, who is dearly missed uh, to this day. And, and Har- Har- Harley too was, was <laughs> an absolute, you know, he'd give you the shirt off his back, but I'll, I'll tell a, yeah. I'll tell a story that kind of relates to um, how tough Harley was and, and just the, the image that he had projected. So we did the um, Harley would run the hall of fame show in Iowa. And so we, right. we were there and we we're at the hotel. We did the show, we get done with the show and we're at the hotel bar afterwards. And we had kind of split up where a couple of the, the boys were at one end of the bar and then a couple of the girl wrestlers were at the other end of the bar. And then off in the distance, Harley was sitting down with his, his then wife, BJ, Terry Funk and his wife um, were sitting there too. And, you know, we're all having a good time drinking and stuff. Well, um, Terry and his wife had, had left and BJ had left, but Harley wanted to stay behind us to make sure we were all okay. Well, as we're all drinking and stuff, some guys went up to the girls, some, some just guys that were in the bar and they were being real jerks to the girls. You know, they were being real rude, real pushy, um, you know, just very insensitive to the point where, us at, as at the other end are like, Hey, we need to do something about this. And uh, a guy named Darren um, Wade had said, well, hold on, I'll, I'll take care of this. So he walks over to these guys and he says, Hey, you guys need to, uh, to leave these girls alone. And they're like, why, what are you going to do? You and your boys going to do something. And Darren says, I'm not going to do anything, but in about 10 minutes, you guys are going to hate life. And they're like, why, what's going to happen in 10 minutes? <laughs> And Darren says, well, in 10 minutes, that guy over there, it's going to take him 10 minutes to stand up and walk over here. And then he's going to kick the shit out of all of you. And they all turn and look and you see Harley bracing himself, getting ready to get up and stuff, you know, because he, he's older at this time. And the guy looks at him and goes, oh, shit, is that Harley race? And Darren's like, that sure is. He's like, oh, my God. And all his friends are like, what, what? And he's explaining to him, you know, the strongest man, baddest man on the planet, yada, yada, yada. And they go over to Harley. Now, we can't hear what Harley's saying to them, but there's a huddle around Harley. We're all watching because if something goes down, we got Harley's back. Right. Next thing you know, four of the five guys leave. One guy walks over, and uh, next thing you know, we got shots and beer in front of us. All of us. Every single wrestler in there, all the girl wrestlers, all got shots and beer. And the guy goes, we're sorry for your trouble. And he leaves. And Harley waves to us and says, good night, everybody. And he leaves. And it turns out we don't know what he said to them. They all end up leaving and buying us drinks before they left. That's <laughs> how Harley's, you know, image was. And that's the thing is, is even before, you know, as older as Harley got, he still was intimidating, man. Yeah. Like He had these, uh, and I think Kowalski, if I remember you telling me Kowalski did too, their generation, their hands were huge. They had yeah. a giant gorilla paws, and it had to be the generation. Because I remember yeah. talking, you know, every time Brian and I share these stories or we're doing these interviews, I remember in a car, I said, Brian, Kowalski have huge hands. He's like, yeah, man. Like they just, they can palm a basketball. Uh, Kowalski's yeah. hands. He had this like, and you can see it in and like pictures of him and stuff. He had like this. It was almost like he had like an extra like joint. I'll, I'll show you my hand. Like in the middle of his hand, because his, he would just shake and it was like it would like engulf your entire hand. Which is you know he did the claw, so no, no wonder why he did it. But his, I've never I've never encountered a human being with with like bigger hands than, uh, than Walter. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting because, um, now I, I did not meet killer at any point, but Harley, I met probably about a, yeah, about a decade ago. Um, and absolutely right. Just the most intimidating person to, you know, (laughs) and I think the most intimidating thing about him wasn't his size and yes, he does have, you know, he had big hands. It wasn't his hands. It was when you looked in his eyes and it just like, it could melt you down to like a five-year-old kid. And it's like excitement and terror at the same time. And then he had, he had that voice where he talked to you like yeah. this. And it was, it was a little growly, but it was that quiet. And I, we knew we were in trouble at, at the school. Um, it's funny because uh, another, another, um, way that brian and i were kind of meant to be friends was when i was training at harley's tomaso champa was there well brian broke in with tomaso so we both have you know the 
you know, mutual friendship. But then uh, right. Tommaso used to get us in trouble a lot, you know, down there. And, <laughs> and as Brian can say, he used to get them in trouble back home. But uh, I remember Harley yelling at us and I felt like a little kid because we get, it felt like your, your father was yelling <laughs> at you. And it, you're like, look at Tommaso, who's like your little brother, like, dude, stop. <laughs> no, you're yelling at us. <laughs> And you know that he's doing it because he knows he's not going to feel the butt end of it. You guys are. Yeah. Because that's how it always works with the guys who instigate it. They just kind of then peel off and you guys end up doing, you know. Oh, no, no, no. Tommaso would take it. Tommaso would take it. He could yell that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, you. <laughs> he could yell that. <laughs> oh. uh, as we kind of, uh, we're, we're uh, kind of getting ready to wrap a little bit. Let me ask you. Uh, both about um, what it means to you guys having had this period of time of the pandemic to actually get to spend time with your kids. Has that been a little uh, blessing in disguise just to get a little bit more home time with them? My wife comes yeah, think- down the day said I get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> my, oh, yeah. my, wife, my wife will text Brian and Brian can back me up on this. My wife will text yeah, Brian going, your turn. <laughs> I, th- I think the one this past week was I babysat enough. It's your turn for, to take them for custody. <laughs> no, on a serious note, it, it's great because uh, my older daughter, I, I have uh, four kids and my oldest one, you know, because I started early. She, she lives in Illinois. So talking to her through Zoom and stuff. And my son's in the military. He lives in Washington serving our country and, uh, you know, talking to him. But my youngest now, you know, she just graduated high school. So I got to get real close to her and she's getting ready to go to Arizona state and stuff. So it, you know, it was, it was fun doing that. And Wait, 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 Bruiser, you're letting her go to Arizona state. <laughs> hey man, she's got to, she's got to make that, that money because when I get older, someone's got to change my diapers. So. <laughs> she, she, she's got to make that money. And she wants to get, she's a great special effects makeup artist and that's what she's going really? to school for. So she can make all that money and take care of the old man, you know? <laughs> wow yeah my kids are my kids are a little bit younger mine are mine are nine and five so i'm like i'm still very much at the beginning of it bruises at the end of it now so i'm very <laughs> much at the uh, um the beginning of it but but yeah it's been it's been great i think it's um you know i've read a lot of stuff about it and you know, a lot of articles too talking about how the last year has really made people um just just reevaluate you know life and how you're spending time and and things of that nature. So yeah, getting getting more family time, getting to do more things. I mean, um, I mean, I we had just purchased a house like right right in November before, so that's been kind of cool too to have a almost yeah. like a year to just kind of do stuff around the house and get the house in order. Sure. And, um, but yeah, I think I mean, yep. ask me yep. it depends it depends depends on the day sometimes, you know, because uh, you know they're also at, at ages where they aggravate each other a lot too, so they, right. they fight a lot. But uh, yeah, to just to have that time and and to be able to to spend that time and although they're they're chomping at the bit to get to a wrestling show too. Uh, yeah. I get um my son my son cuts a hell of a promo on me uh, whenever I go to a wrestling show and he can't and he can't go. He gets he gets real pissed off. So, <laughs> so um, you know he uh, he he really likes it. My daughter she likes to she likes going too, but I think she's at an age now where she she kind of gets worried that that dad's getting hurt. Um, so it's great too because because like brian said i'm at the end of it with my kids and brian's into it and brian it's funny because his daughter's now getting the age where it it used to be when we're on the road she'd oh no dad this this, and this and he said the other day you know like she can't wait for me to leave i go yeah man that's 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 a girl (laughs) you know like and it it breaks your heart as a father because that's your little girl you know And, and then you know you eventually I mean, we're doing these bubbles, and I can't even get him on the phone with me. You know, know, I'm on, you know, and because he's bubble. I mean, it's funny, like the bubbles. Like the first one, I was gone for nine days, yeah, and I could barely get them to. I could barely get them on the on the phone with me, you know, because they're so. I mean, they're at ages now too, especially as the world's opened up. You know, they're doing baseball and softball and dance, Mm -hmm. and my son's going to probably play flag football and. They got like their own social lives, man. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes dad takes the back burner. And I do have to say that it was cool, you know, 21 years I've been on the road. So I've missed birthdays and graduations and baseball and softball. And this last year, 
as things opened up, you know, I made almost every one of my daughter's softball games. Uh, I, my, my oldest did a fitness competition recently and I got to go to it. Um, my son came home for leave and I was here for it. And, and that was really cool because, because as, as professional wrestlers, you know, we're on the road and we miss stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and like, um, I know, I know Brian's been able to go to his daughter's stuff and his son's stuff. Yeah. And it, that that's really cool. I miss wrestling. I miss being on the road, but like, if you have to look at the flip side, that's, that's the plus that came out of it. Yeah. Ring of honor. I mean, it's funny. Ring of honor schedule is kind of like clockwork. So the last, since I've been in ring of honor, you know, I've missed for dance recital every year. Obviously last year I didn't have the dance recital. So I got to get to see her dance for the first time since like, you know, live since like 2017 or 2018 this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty glad they had the house lights down and there was social distancing <laughs> still in the seats. But, uh, you know, or even just, you know, you know, Ring of Honor, big, a big travel weekend for us is always Mother's Day. So to be here, to be able yeah, to, right. you know, celebrate yeah. that and, and some of those little things, you definitely, you definitely take those for granted. But at the same time, you know, my family understands and just like Bruce's family understands that, uh, you know, um, you know, what we're doing is, is for this for them. I mean, it's for us, you know, I'm not going to lie totally, but it's for them, though. It's making a better life for them. It's it's uh, it's allowing, um, you know allowing us to do things like you know buy a house and go on vacations and mm-hmm. um so so they're they're definitely you know to definitely have a you know my, my wife is an un- unsung hero in it all you know she cause she's the one that's got a, especially this last year um you know where we had these long bubbles you know she's been the one that has to take care of the kids just to get them up by herself get, get them ready deal with yeah. them you know so it's um you know wrestling's a big burden on the family so you got to really have a strong a strong family to to get through it. So I think uh, I've never been more grateful for that setup. I know Bruiser is too, and and yeah. and you know, and quite frankly, I mean, essentially, we're family now. You know, like I said, wife texts me all the time, <laughs> tells me I got to take him. So I said, I said to her, I'll take him, but she's got to take my son because he's a wild man. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no, 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 it is great though too because now that we're starting to get back normal, uh, our first house shows are in Philly. August 20th and 21st. My wedding anniversary is that weekend. And my wife was just saying, it's funny, you're here for all this stuff, but our wedding anniversary, you're on the road. But like Brian said, you know, you got to have a strong partner, yeah. you know, in this. Right. And and we we both do. We both lucked out in that department, you know. And, and the great thing is our families get along too, you know. Like my wife knows his family, his family knows my family. And it's, I think that's another reason that we're so good on the road is because, you know, we can talk about our home life and our home life, you know, they know each other. So, yeah. Um, TJ, do you have anything as we uh, start to wrap here? No, I'm all good, man. Again, I just want to let everybody know, again, the show is is this Sunday, best in the world. That's 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, the bouncer is going to be on on that free hour, which would be 3 p.m., and uh, if you have the um, Honor Club, you'll be able to see it there or on uh, multiple platforms. It'll be available. So, again, watch their match because it's definitely going to make you go ahead and order the rest of that pay-per-view, I guarantee. <laughs> I'm excited to see you guys, and I thank you for doing the show, man. But I, I'm really pumped and hyped. Great to see fans back. Great to see just an awesome uh, Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view, man. I'm, I'm excited. Well, we're excited to perform. Like, yeah. uh Brian and I have texted each other every single day. We keep each other accountable in the gym and stuff like that. But we also talk about how excited we are. You know, we, we're dicks to fans right now, but we do truly want you guys there. Yeah. We want the fans there. We want you loud. We want you screaming. We want witnesses, damn it. We do. <laughs> we do. We do. And, and, I, and if this doesn't sell you on our match, you have two drunk guys that are willing to do anything. A guy who electrocutes himself and a guy that carries around a, a jar of tea. What else could you want? And then Ken Dixon running around the outside all crazy. Like. Right. <laughs> um, I, my fight. No, no. I was about to say, and I, I can't wait till you guys come back to Vegas, man. We, we, we you know, not only we gonna be at. The we show. can't wait either. Yeah, we yeah. can't wait to be back in Vegas uh, either. Yeah, <laughs> I love Vegas. Yeah, so it's gonna be on. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Oh no, that's okay. Um, I guess my final thought is this: um, Bruiser, being a born and raised Chicago guy myself. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Man, really I, I'm sorry. For those of you who don't follow baseball or don't know the massacre that just happened to my Cubs up in Milwaukee, 
Jesus. You like oh. find that elephant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> give me your address. I'll send you that broom that we, you guys, you know, we slept with. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think as I'm as I have the Brewer game on the TV in the background, my wife's freaking out. I think we're seven games ahead of you, right? Yeah. I mean, oh no, no, no. I, you guys were as of this morning eight and a half up on us because oh, that's what, my bad, my bad. Eight and, a half. <laughs> yeah. and, and and I mean, I don't know if you're a basketball fan. The Bucks are in the finals too. Right? Yeah. That they are. <laughs> yeah. See now, now the thing is, is that uh, honestly, um, I always had a, an affinity for the Bucks. Um, I grew up. The first basketball I remember was Magic and Bird. Right. So the Lakers. I, even though I was in Chicago, the Lakers were my first team and by far my favorite team. And then right, my okay. team. That's Brian's yeah. team. I'm a Lakers yeah. fan. Oh, and I'll tell you, Brian. Have you ever met Magic? I have not. I, I would. I, that would be. Uh, you know, we we talked about intimidating. I might be slightly intimidated by meeting Magic Johnson. <laughs> Funniest thing about Magic, you would think that, right? Because it's like you're nervous, like a kid. All he does is look, and as soon as he smiles, it's like you're just like, oh my god! All right, what do you? What do you? <laughs> you're paying attention. Oh my god! Yeah, it is. It is like he makes you so comfortable, but. I got to say, the Bucks. one of the things I liked, you know, I was, I was a big Jordan fan, but one of the things I liked about the Bucks is right around that time when I was somewhere around eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, playing basketball, we would travel up to go see the Bucks play because it was a lot easier getting a ticket to watch the Bucks play than trying to get a ticket in Chicago. Jackson, You're getting a Bears ticket now. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Josh Fields might turn things around for us, but you've been God. saying that for years. Oh, I know. Before Cutler, but I, got... <laughs> I can do this all day. I can do this all day. I, I yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, when you have to, when when you're like, <laughs> you got to go. You know, if you never saw Walter Payton play, you, you don't understand how good the Bears were for a season. Yeah. Uh, season. <laughs> for, for a season <laughs> for a season yep. but no i you know i i got enthralled the bucks jack sigma was one of my favorite all-time players because he was one of those on that verge of those big goofy white guys who actually could play basketball and yeah. it gave you hope as a kid playing like Oh, I don't have to be flashy like a magic or a Jordan. All I have to do is be right by the basket, grab a rebound, and put it back in. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And you just but, described my entire uh, basketball career from elementary school through high school. Right. <laughs> exactly. And you, the funniest thing, too, is that you know, the way we grew up, right? especially if you were playing on the playground with your other guys who were on your team or your friends, man, I never threw so many elbows after I got the ball. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that shit today. It's like, it pisses me off. It's like, man, because I'll tell you how good I was at basketball. I'll give you a quick story. This is how good I was at basketball. I was in seventh grade. I was like the 12th man on the, on the bench. We played against the dude um, from – like I think it's like probably the only NBA player from New Hampshire. Matt Bonner was his name. Matt he, Bonner, he, yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Bonner had a good career. Yeah. But he played for uh, – he I played for uh, Parkside Junior High School in Manchester, New Hampshire. He played for Concord. And uh, my coach put me in in the second quarter because uh, he was killing us. And he goes, you got five fouls. Um, don't waste them. And I followed out in under 10 minutes in the second quarter. <laughs> so that's how good I was at basketball. <laughs> Hence why he's a great professional wrestler. wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, uh, we could talk all day, but, of course, it is getting later by you guys. So I want to make sure we let you guys go. Um, and, uh, man, it, it's it's just a pleasure to talk with you guys. Um, I can't wait for the show this weekend. Um, and you guys got a nice, you know, a Sunday night, which is also good because usually pay-per-views are either on Friday or Saturday with ROH. So um, hopefully that brings in uh, more of a viewership as well. Um, anyone listening or watching, 
if you've never checked out ROH, this is the perfect opportunity to do it because the card is stacked. It is loaded. And um, and we didn't even mention like the world championship match between Rush and Bandito. Yeah, match is gonna be insane. It was, uh, it, yeah. The match is gonna be nuts. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. I, I when they not when when Bandito won and and now it's Bandito and Rush. I literally just said, hey, somebody should just tell Gravity to take a break. <laughs> you know. <'Cause, laughs> right. Yeah. Bandito goes I, to jail I, I, for breaking the law of gravity every show he's on. So. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to see why the tagline is true. You know, uh, the best professional wrestling on the planet, best in the world. Uh, Ring of Honor's always been at the, the forefront of the business since, since inception, mm-hmm. on the cutting edge. Everything that kind of exists now and a lot of the popular styles of mm-hmm. pro wrestling uh, were brought to the United States by, by Ring of Honor, and, and that style was pushed forward by Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really, you know, we're really excited um, obviously for our own match, but really just for, uh, you know, what the company is going to present. And, uh, if you're, you're a fan of professional wrestling, um, you know, no matter what style of professional wrestling you love, um, I think, uh, I think you're going to have a hell of a, a, hell of a time watching best in the world this Sunday night. Yeah. It's going to be something special. There you go. The best, the best in the world, the best pay-per-view you can, you know, take in this weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be, uh, you know, so much excitement and energy because of the crowd coming back for the first time. And, um, and then of course, uh, when you guys get done, uh, you head out and go, uh, grab a little meal at, uh, Joe's there and you know, what else can you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to consume a lot of, um, adult beverages, uh, after, <laughs> after the best in the world. So as you should, that's before the, that's before the match. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where are we? We can just after our match, we just get to sit back with the rest of y'all and watch and watch the best wrestling paper right. you're gonna watch this year. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in again. Thank you guys for uh, participating and uh, have a great uh, show this weekend. Um, can't wait to see what you guys do uh, with PCO uh, and uh, tables. I'm assuming that just seems natural. <laughs> 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 and thank you guys for tuning in and listening and watching and uh, we'll see you next time Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting